baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Rick Dayton on the radio, eight minutes past the hour of four o'clock and joining us right now and brought to you by Heritage Valley Health System, where he is the president and the chief executive officer is Norm Mitry. Dr. Norm Mitry, if you include the honorary Ph.D. that he has received from Robert Morris University, does your wife ever refer to you as doctor? I mean, did, did, does that ever get tossed about the house? Absolutely not. She calls me a lot of names. That's certainly not one of them. No, she does not. She's a dear, sweet lady. She would never do that such a thing. Hey, so last week, and when we were a week away from phase two deadline in terms of what the, the mandate was for healthcare workers, they had to be vaccinated or risk losing their jobs. Here we are now, the day after that deadline has passed. Give us a breakdown as to what happened at Heritage Valley. 99.9% of our employees either vaccinated or a valid medical or religious exemption. We only have three employees we're still working with. And that's Those down from 30. A, I mean, a, a week ago, we were at 30. And we, we work hard here at Heritage Valley, okay? So the others, did they, did they choose to leave or did they decide that they would be vaccinated? Oh, no, they decided to be vaccinated. So nothing I mean, changed in terms of the number of people that you had. I mean, I just had to ask that question. But those people chose that they would be vaccinated. Thus, the number is down to literally three employees. Three employees who we believe uh, all will um, be vaccinated here in the not-too-distant future. So they're on a temporary leave of absence because the mandate said that's what you had to do. And so right. we're following the mandate. Right. Uh, so they're on a temporary leave of absence until they can get a J&J one shot which we assume is going to be a couple of days away. So, you know, we're pretty proud of that. I mean, we're sitting here, you know, after all this mandation talk for all these months and months and months. And I do think, you know, right, wrong or indifferent, uh, Biden's president Biden's vision to try to get as many people vaccinated as possible it appears to have worked. So that's on, a good thing. As we're speaking, KDK Television saying Butler School District says no more contact tracing. The city of Washington says that its judicial uh, branches say that no more masks required in, in that area as well. For you, though, as an administrator, knowing that if they didn't get vaccinated, that people were going to, I mean, in all sincerity, help us to understand the personal side of that for you as the leader who ultimately the buck stopped somewhere. And for you, that could have meant that 30 people, 50 people, 100 people, whatever, may not work there anymore. What was that like dealing with, Norm? Oh, it was very difficult, given the fact that, uh, you know, staffing across healthcare systems everywhere is the number one challenge. Right. I don't care if it's Heritage Valley, UPMC, AHN, uh, you know, clearly that uh, fact that staffing is such an issue, everyone was nervous over people leaving and going someplace else. But I do think uh, because all organizations sort of joined at the hip and we were all working to abide by the mandate, we didn't see really, uh, we didn't see any of that. But, you know, so, so we're pleased with that. But staffing, you know, continues to be our number one challenge, Rick. Uh, you know, and at the same time, with these mask mandates being, you know, relaxed a bit, that's all well and good. I'm, I'm happy for it. 
you know, it helps us be, you know, more cautiously optimistic. But our challenge sometimes becomes now people are so used to not wearing a mask when they come to a hospital or a healthcare facility. They're not real receptive to pointing one on. Mm-hmm. Of course, very few people have them. We're handing out a lot of masks. And a, a lot of people question, well, why do we have to do it? Well, the CDC did not relax that part of of the masking mandate. So if you go into a healthcare facility, you still have to don a mask. Right, right. So the numbers in terms of where you were at the peak here during basically what was the Omicron was looking about 90 people hospitalized within your three hospitals. Now that number's down to 11. So that number has certainly gone down. The other thing, though, that has gone up is the average age of those patients. It's now up to about 75 in terms of those hospitalized patients. Has that been sort of the a steady trend or has that been something that's ebbed and flowed as this has gone? No, it has been steady. I mean, early on, when the Omicron was at its peak, I think you remember, your listeners will remember, we were seeing people, you know, in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. Folks of that age were actually expiring, which was a very unfortunate situation. But as time have gone on, whether it's vaccines, whether it's people with natural immunity, uh, clearly those numbers have fallen. Uh, Over the weekend, we were down to seven uh, individuals across our three hospitals. It's been done for a good solid week now. So once again, we do remain very optimistic that uh, slowly but surely this thing's behind us. You have to remember on uh, not this coming Sunday, next Sunday, uh, March 13th will be two years uh, that we've been dealing with COVID-19 pandemic of some form since it started. Yeah, you mentioned in one of your notes to me, 719 is the day number that we are on right now as it relates to southwestern Pennsylvania and dealing with a pandemic right now. Um, You mentioned staffing is still an enormous challenge within medical. We just had on the president of Duquesne University, the brand new dean of their College of Medicine as they're starting their their school of osteopathic medicine. Their numbers are saying... By 2032, there will be a shortage in the United States of 120,000 doctors, not nurses, 120,000 doctors, and many of them are in the primary care area. Has that been, I mean, we don't hear people talk about a shortage of doctors. We hear about shortage of nurses all the time. Is that something that you have seen? Is that a universal issue? So I want to say back in the early 2000s, there was a big push for uh, physicians because there was a shortage back then. I do think we've seen a bump of people going to medical school. You have more medical schools. I mean, we're, we're pleased about Duquesne University starting their school of osteopathic medicine. You have Lake, uh, Lake Erie School of Osteopathic Medicine. You have Philadelphia School of Osteopathic Medicine. You, know, you have more osteopathic schools out there, which really do train primarily primary care physicians. But what you're seeing, Rick, also is a change in the model to where more what's called certified registered nurse practitioners and physician assistants are working along physicians. I like to say it's similar to the dental uh, uh, programs where you have, you know, a dentist and you have hygienists working there. Uh, So a very similar model we're seeing more and more in healthcare, in order to be able to provide very quick access for for patients who need care. But no, uh, you know, I'm glad for uh, Duquesne School of Osteopathic Medicine. Uh, that shortage may happen again because the cost to become a physician. If you think about four years of undergrad, uh, four years of medical school, 
three or four years of fellowship. I mean, these folks are 29, 30 years old coming out of their training with a heck of a lot of debt. Uh, so clearly that shortage will begin to grow. I do agree with Duquesne University. All right. Thank you very much for talking all things medicine and all things clinical with us today. It's always good to have you on the program. Norm, Dr. Norm, excuse me. Thanks for being with us. Okay, thanks for the opportunity. Norm Mitry, he's only a doctor on the radio. I mean, it's seriously, honorary, honorary PhD, right? That's correct. All right, congratulations on that, too. I mean, you've got me at every turn. That's all there is to it. Thanks, Norm. We appreciate you being here. President Chief Executive Officer, Heritage Valley on KDKA. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.